Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Everything about it is unbelievable, but also everything you know from reality TV is very believable. 20% of the time, he's making me feel uncomfortable. It's like the most low-stakes sting operation ever. There's definitely going to be a magic that the rest of the series is chasing. Everybody sees the world differently, and this is the way that he's chosen to present the world. Welcome to the big stream. I'm Kyle Coster. I'm here with Stephen Douglas, who has a glass of orange juice with no pulp. We are going to discuss... Nathan Fielder's new series, The Rehearsal, on HBO. The premiere came out on Friday. We both watched it over the weekend. I checked it out. I think the place to start with this is this is a Nathan Fielder show, and he's unique. He's unlike anybody that's creating content. What was your experience with Nathan for you, and did that color what your expectations were for this new program? Yes, I I watched Nathan for you. I greatly enjoyed Nathan for you. Like you said, his style is unlike. I would say I'm like almost almost unlike nothing, because one thing that I think we'll talk about some other time is uh, how to with John Wilson, which he executive produced. It's this kind of comedy that's not really always comedy. It's more of like a social experiment more made to make you feel uncomfortable sometimes it's just it's something that i i just can't look away i'm I'm very interested in it more than more than laughing i'm left with my mouth just wide open going what did i just see what just happened i can't believe that happened so i mean i i guess what people don't realize is that before that intro you tried multiple intros and before that, I had a replica built of your house, and I had a fake Kyle stand in. So I'm I'm prepared for all your questions. Just like Cora Skeet, the protagonist in episode one, was. Now, to get to the nuts and bolts, what this show is going to be is Fielder providing a bunch of dress rehearsals for people to practice on for a big moment in their life, something that they want help doing in real life. They're going to be getting a lot of reps. They're going to have all the potential elements thrown at them to see how they react so they are not caught flat-footed when the big moment comes. The conceit of this particular pilot was Cora, a very intelligent, very likable. He's presented as kind of an oddball right out of the gate, but you kind of grow to like him. I was blown away with how much he resonated with me, how much I enjoyed his good heart. Uh, He's just a guy who lives for bar trivia. And that's where the problem arises because a long time ago, he fabricated that he has earned a master's degree with his team. And he'd been living that lie for 12 years. He wanted to come clean, but he was very concerned about the reaction from the team who would see this as 
potentially a slap in the face that he carried on this fib for over a decade. He was most concerned about the reaction from one member of the team named Trisha, Trish the Dish, as she'll be known colloquially from here on out. So Fielder established a scenario in which he hired an actor that took on Cora's personalities. He hired an actor that took on Trisha's personalities. Then he also built a replica of the bar where this meeting would be happening. And I don't think it's necessarily imperative that you are familiar with Fielder's work to understand what's going on. I think part of the joy for first time viewers of his art is kind of sinking into it and realizing, oh, he's really going to do this. Or man, that seems like a lot of work. Or I can't believe this is an idea that someone had And secondarily, I can't believe this is an idea that people agreed to go along with because at times they're presented in not the greatest light or perhaps more accurately, they're presented in their real true light. This is reality television at its core. It's the same elements. It's people signing releases. They know they're on TV, but what Fielder is able to do sneakily, I will add, we can argue about the ethics about some of it is to get these people's real personalities and real moments to come off screen. And what's so brilliant about his work, I think, is regular people are the stars. It's not usually these huge dramatic situations. Nathan, for you, was about businesses that wanted to succeed and overcoming those challenges. This is a simple interpersonal discussion that everybody laments having. We've all been in the situation where we've let a mistruth fester and it bothers us, and we kind of want to get the record clear. We want to cleanse the air. So he will go to unreasonable lengths to create this false reality, but it's up to the primaries involved to create good television. And I think that we would both agree that that was achieved expertly in episode one. Well, yeah, like in Nathan, for you, it's it's about finding the uh, right people who will be themselves they will go along with it they will uh, react appropriately sometimes if not all the time about how ridiculous he's being but but the lengths he goes to like the idea of rehearsing something or going over something is not that not that crazy you know like uh, practicing a conversation if Cora wanted to have this conversation with Nathan Fielder and just practice it like 15 times and go through all that that's one thing but like the time and money involved to recreate the bar and put the balloon up by the thing and fake making wood-fired pizzas and rip holes in chairs is just it's that's where it crosses from like comedy to uh, performance art as well and I think a, a big thing on Nathan for you also was like just finding these people through like Facebook posts or not Facebook uh Craigslist you need to find somebody willing to uh to who has a unimportant problem that they think is very important that they are responding to people strangers on Craigslist about everything about it is unbelievable but also from everything we know from reality tv it's very believable yeah and those are the two elements the that dichotomy that's butting up against itself all episode like the lengths to build a replica of the alligator lounge on a soundstage in 
a warehouse is just unbelievable. And that's where the art comes in because that's world building. Like there's two types, right? You can either build a fantastical world where you come up with how everything is and design it out of your own mind. Or you can do like almost like a journalist observation of what the world is and then perfectly recreate it. And I think Fielder works because he's so interested in the details and he understands that what's interesting is all around us. It doesn't necessarily have to be this unbelievable idea. The work is excruciating and painful and I'm always blown away at how much time and energy he must spend doing this. So it's not cheap thrills. It's not exploitive. This guy is like bleeding in the trenches to make it as real to life as he possibly can, doing extraordinary things. I have to say the fact that it was the Alligator Lounge, which I think is the breakout star of this episode, like you just wanted to be in that bar and it delighted me to no end because one of my favorite places in New York City was Crocodile Lounge on 14th street, I believe, which was the sister bar to alligator lounge, which is in Williamsburg. You go in nothing really special about it, except that you get a ticket for a free large pizza with your drink order. And the pizza is not that great, but the experience of handing a little raffle ticket stub over to the guy and he makes you pizza and then you're eating it. Anytime I ever brought anybody there, they were so happy to be in that atmosphere and what a place to choose for a confession because it's hard to be in a bad mood when you're in there because it's kind of like a buy-in situation where everybody's like yeah i'm here it's not the greatest bar in the world but it's the one i'm in right now and i'm going to make the best of it he really made the place feel alive even the fake version the fake version is a place where i wanted to hang out and it's just you have to be so committed to the bit down to the details of the actors he got to play the personnel in the real world of the bar like the the guy who was conducting the trivia in the rehearsal looked like the guy who was conducting the trivia in real life he went through the work to get the actual questions and i think there's just so much legwork where this guy's not skipping any steps that you just have to admire him even if you don't fully go along with the conceit yeah if you told me this show took like three years to put together i would believe you because figuring out that well he needs to be he needs to pay attention to trivia but he can't be distracted by it so he needs to know the answers and not struggle and get upset so we have to get the answers so we have to go and pretend to be the 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 founder of the thrifty boys website because your readers don't don't like to pay for drinks and then to subconsciously make him absorb all this knowledge which was just one of the funniest bits like the recover these goddamn recumbent bikes are everywhere and the gunpowder thing was just the leading i i that is one of the funniest things i've ever seen i will never forget that um, I was howling at the moment because you want to know what Cora's reaction to it was? He was like, good luck, prayers to the family. Like, <laughs> you're seeing someone process this horrible news, which is all fake, and they're handling it well. And that kind of leads me where I want to go with Fielder. Part of him, he's kind of being a dick. 
and there's going to be some blowback. I, I want to present to you to get your thoughts on it. But I have always watched his work with the tacit understanding that I'm not going to be on his side 100% of the time. For me, the breakdown is kind of like 80-20. I'm with him 80% of the time, 20% of the time he's making me feel uncomfortable. And I don't think that it's no accident. I think that he's presenting himself to be unlikable. And you see the way that this episode closes where it doesn't close with the actual reaction that Cora had. It closes with the reaction of the person playing Cora in which that person says, you ruined my life. How could you do this? This was awful. This was manipulative, all of this. So he understands what he's doing. Like he doesn't think he's this white knight, but I think it's by design. I don't think he wants to be eternally loved universally loved. I think you're supposed to see him as the bad guy and all this. And I think that having the courage to do that is not insignificant. Yeah. Core really nailed it by calling him Willy Wonka and feel and feels like, Oh, it's been a while since I've, since I've read that story. Isn't he bad? Didn't kids die? And so, I mean, he, he completely knows what he's doing and he, he plays dumb or uninformed as he needs to. But yeah, he doesn't, I don't think he hides at all that he's the Willy Wonka. He's actually, he's making people's dreams come true, but sometimes at, at the expense of the Oompa Loompas, you know? Yeah, that's my point is I, I think that he comes off as the bad guy. I never think that anybody that he presents comes off as the bad guy. May, maybe like, there's some skeevy comments. Maybe there's some things that don't present them in the best possible light. But I do think that he takes pains to give them the benefit of the doubt. And more than that, I think that the audience emerges liking these characters a lot more than they ever thought that they would. Like I mentioned how much I grew to appreciate Cora. I really liked Trish. Trish's response to the actual confession was unbelievable. And it was incredibly human. It was basically no big deal. Like it's, it's fine. Like, I can't believe you've stressed all these years over carrying this, you know, like it wouldn't have been a big deal. If you told me you're part of the team, it's very accepting. And I think that it's a lesson in underestimating people because I think that time and time again, they rise above the expectations that I have. And I thought that Trish came off unbelievably well. Now where there's some cheap shots delivered at her sure and every single one of us would hate if we saw our nuances and our quirks presented on national tv for laughs like i think that sucks but i think yeah. that you emerge with a better understanding of humanity and, and kind of hope for it like you you like both of these people by the time it was done and i think that was the entire point yeah trust the dish like the actress they got to portray her just nailed it. I mean, we all, we know people like Trista Dish and she's shown as like, you know, talks a lot and very involved and tired to get her on something else. But in the end, both times that it was revealed, she was lied to, you know, she was very accepting. She was very nice. Uh, I mean, she has friends. She's on a trivia team for a long time. She's educated. She's, one of the funnier parts is revealing her blog, Cheap Chick in the City. Cheap and Chick in the City? Cheap Chick in the City. Cheap Chick in the City. Yes. So, and just him 
revealing that her blog is mostly apologizing for not having anything to write about. Anybody who has done what we do has been in that position, I think, where it's like we try something different and we're like, oh, I feel like I feel bad for not having updated this in a while. And Nathan Fielder's like, sometimes we don't have anything to say, but we want people to know we're there. And I, that is so, so he, he does such a great job of throwing in these stuff like that, which is so essentially true to humans. Something I've never heard so perfectly put, like just, I started this website because I want people to know I'm here, but I don't always have something to say. Yeah. It's just people with their flaws and their shortcomings. And essentially those shortcomings aren't a big deal because we all have them and we all see ourselves reflected in the stuff that they're doing. Now, would I want to be the person that's presenting that to the world? No, but I also didn't sign the release. As long as they know what they're getting into, I'm okay with it. Uh, on Fielder, there was a tweet that kind of perfectly summed up my thoughts on him, which are, I think that he has channeled his certain brand of weirdness and skewed view of the world in a pretty positive way. It could be much worse. Here's the tweet, which nails it. Nathan Fielder has the brain of a serial killer who would never get caught, but the heart of a possum who woke up in a Best Buy one day and decided to try and become their top salesman. And for some reason, they let him. And that's exactly the vibe. I guess what I'm saying is this could be much worse. He could be doing things that were actually detrimental to people. And you weigh what his program does versus stuff that's just more accepted, like the bachelorette comes to mind, like kind of the emotional abuse that they put people through and the grinder and the total disregard for their feelings. I think that he's actually doing it in a much more human way than some of the streamlined, less confrontational things that we never discuss in terms of like being manipulative. Yeah. And I think we should just uh, credit that tweet. That's uh, at booby haver on Twitter. I didn't want to read that, but thank you. Uh, it is important. Well, we have, all the I mean, full disclosure, we've got to, we have to be accurate. We can't just take tweets. This is a, this isn't the wild west. This is 2022. How, how do you, how do you think that Bill Belichick would feel watching this? Because I feel like what Fielder's doing is a lot like what a football coach does. Uh, goes, does a game plan, goes through, does drills of these plays, has like, has these flow charts of how things are going. If it's this certain situation, you're going to do this. I, and just trying to recreate the situations, like trying to, if, if they know it's going to be raining on Sunday, they're spraying the ball with a hose on Thursday. Um, and I feel like that is kind of what Fielder is doing here. And I think that you get somebody like Bill Belichick, who's a crazy preparer, or like Tom Brady, and they would just, they would find no humor. They would be, they would be taking, they would be taking ideas from this. They, Belichick would be like, well, why can't we recreate Lambeau Field in a field two miles from here? It's revolutionary, but maybe it's not because I, I think that Belichick, and football coaches are doing it. As yeah. you said, I mean, you're preparing for any inevitability. There's a lot of stuff that ends up on the cutting room floor. There's a lot of preparation you do that never comes to fruition. And in terms of attention to detail, 
he's right up there with Bill Belichick. Obviously, much different disciplines. The refrain that goes through my head is the amount of paperwork and <laughs> offline work that must be done to do all this. I don't know the size of the staff, but just filling out forms, zoning, getting filming permits, all that stuff, that seems like a full-time job. And then you actually encounter how long it takes for the physical creation for some of this stuff, how long it takes to engender the trust of the primaries in this. And you're looking at a massive, massive project. You're essentially living another person's life in addition to your own. That never moves to the front of the picture. The front of the picture is always entertainment with a sense of comedy, but it's just so deep and layered and textured. One note I want to make, you pointed out the John Wilson thing. And I'm glad that you did because Nathan Fielder is involved in that as well. With John Wilson, here's the difference. I think with how to with John Wilson is built after they have a ton of footage. Once I understood the recipe for that show, I still loved it, but it made me think just a little bit less of it because it's just a tremendous amount of footage that you put voiceover to and you can tell any story that you want. It doesn't really require a bunch of planning. You'd film forever. You take the most interesting things that happen and you cobble it into a cohesive story that makes sense. That's totally different than what he's doing here, which is laying everything out and then it has to hit all these notes. And if you want an example of just how tenuous all of this is, when the moment of truth comes, Cora hesitates and it's excruciating to watch him because you can see the pain on his face. You understand that he doesn't want to do it. You can read him that he's got Joe Bluth. Oh, I've made a huge mistake going through his head. And I thought, honestly, he wasn't going to do it. And that's where the episode was going to take it. So even with all this immense planning, it's still incumbent on the people involved to actually do what was discussed and they're humans and they're unpredictable and the stakes of not doing it. It's not like he would be in breach of contract. He simply could have said, no, tonight's not the night. And all of that work would have been wasted. It must feel just so exciting, exhilarating, and just your stomach must be a hornet's nest while this is going on, because even you can do months and months of work, the minutia, the meticulous thought process that go into it. And then it could all be derailed because someone's going to make a choice that you didn't account for. It's like the most low stakes sting operation ever. And you get to that night and it's, it's only really, I mean, it's real for everybody in that bar, but it has nothing to do with anybody else. It's, it's real for core. And I mean, Trish, the dish doesn't even know that it's, I mean, who knows how much she knew, you know, when she signed the waiver and she's being filmed in this bar, but just, yeah, you get to that point and he just, that's where you need somebody who's ready to go off script or just, you know, he, he hesitated too much. It would have been just as interesting if he walked away and just had, just let the night go on as usual. They would have had to come up with something else. I mean, I don't know if Nathan Fielder would accept that, you know, because he's so detail oriented and focused on, you know, getting to this one spot, they'd have to 
I mean, imagine that if it was just like the entire season of trying to trap Trisha into these different conversations at different places. Like he just happens to be outside her work one day with his bachelor's degree. I mean, there's, and when, when they, when they're going through the run through one of the practices and he reveals it and she gets mad. The, another one of the funniest parts is where the other people in the bar are like, he doesn't have his master's degree. Can you believe that? Who doesn't have a master's degree? It's unbelievable. And then they cut with a close-up of his face and it's so excruciating and it's so painful. And yet he's remains the consummate good sport. Like you need, like, I thought that he was perfect for this role. I, I don't, Cora that is, I thought Cora that was perfect for this role. I can't imagine there's going to be much better uh, as the season goes on in terms of giving every single thing that you wanted. One thing we've been doing on all these, and I think it's the best way to discuss a show is simply ask, how did you feel watching this? What was your emotional journey? Just a lot of shock, uh, amusement. Um, it's just this thing where the, that feeling where you're seeing something happen and you can't believe it's happening, but it's, but it's not anything. It's just like kind of awkward, but it doesn't really affect you you feel a lot of emotions and most importantly you know a lot of the time it's funny but it's just entertaining to watch secondhand embarrassment uh should be yeah. listed in the imdb rather high up because it's going to be featured in all episodes if i had to sum it down into one word i would just say impressed i'm yeah. impressed by everything i'm impressed by the seams i'm impressed by the thought process that goes into it. I'm impressed at the ability to bring an interesting story out of a relatively uninteresting situation. And I think it's a much more real and emotional take than a lot of the stuff you're getting out there. Like I, I, I am forever going to be a fan of these people because of the way they handle themselves in a situation at a high top and knowing that that's going on all around the world all the time, like that's just the tapestry and like nuance of life that is so hard to translate to the screen. And yet he seems to have found a way to do it. Yeah, there's definitely going to be a magic that the rest of the series is chasing because I don't think that they really they really gave you exactly what was going to happen in like the, the ads for the show. And then the first time you see it, when he goes into the apartment, he's like, ah, door city. And then he reveals that he had the entire apartment recreated like inch by inch. And you're like, and it just hits you like, Oh yeah, this is what this guy is capable of. This is how in depth and like the reveal of the full bar it's just something, I mean, it's still going to be impressive every time, but it's just, it's not going to be, we're, we're going to be chasing that feeling of awe and impressiveness as the first time we realized what exactly he was doing. I'll take that point and agree with it and apply it to my rating for this out of four stars. I will give it a 3.5 with the caveat that I think this is probably, if not the best episode, one of the top two or three. Uh, I mean, he's always defying expectations um, and coming up with something new. But I think 3-5 is, is a good score 
Uh, it's tough to give something like this a four because there are moments you are watching it where you don't want to watch it. Uh, and I'm not sure how that can translate into a perfect score. But I think that three, five, solidly done, well executed, everything that I wanted. My wife loved it too, for different reasons. And I think it's just, you see what you want to see out of it. And I think I am choosing to take away the better angels of our nature out of it and, and see this as a positive and not focus on the negative, because I think that that's readily apparent if you're willing to see it and not just quickly dismiss it as a stunt. Yeah, I, it's another really good show, just like Nathan for you was. I think 3.5 is very fair. I, it's probably not for everybody. A lot of people don't want to wallow in those feelings that Nathan Fielder can make you feel um, of just being in your living room watching TV and feeling kind of icky at times. But it's also very funny. I don't know. Eventually, we'll disagree on something, whether something's good or bad. But uh, for now, with the rehearsal, this is how it played out the times we ran through this before. So I'll agree again. Yeah, we want to be true to our practice and remember our training. Just a final thought on the rehearsal, and this is a bit big picture too, and we can talk, we can bring it back to our discussion with the bear about the bear. Is I'm just so happy to see people taking enormous creative swings on television. I think back to when we were kids, it was really hard to get this indie rock programming uh, with everything so centralized on network television. When you're young, now you have so many opportunities to watch artists take risks and forge their own path and inspire your own creativity and open up your eyes to what could be a story out there. Like, I just think that that's so magnificent to see. And I get an injection of energy when I watch Nathan Fielder do what he does, because like I said before, Nathan Fain of SNL fame, it's his own skewed view. Everybody sees the world differently. And this is the way that he's chosen to present the world to everybody. And I think that we're better for it. And if not better, it's complicated and challenged our views on what everyday interaction can look like and how everybody is a television star in their own way. It's sort of like the Truman show with a bit more guardrails and a bit more buy-in, but that's a very unique and interesting and replicable idea. Perhaps it just needs to be in very, very capable and steady hands. And I don't know how many of those exist, but as we saw with John Wilson, they're definitely out there. Yeah. It's just another one of those shows that couldn't exist 10 years ago. And just the ability, the ability in the different spaces that there are now for someone with a unique point of view uh, to tell their story in their way and not be constrained by time limits or the idea that you just can't recreate an entire bar inside a warehouse for 30 people to drink at one night. And also, this was a 45-minute episode, Nathan, for you tended to be in the 24 minute range, yeah. giving the ability for him to really stretch his legs was additive. Uh, there was no fat in there. It could have been longer. And I hope that all the episodes are of this length because I think it requires that pacing 
to tell the story accurately. And I think that it helps feel a bit more complete and less manipulative. Yeah, I am very excited. Who knows? Maybe maybe this is something we will be back here discussing every week, or maybe it's just something we wrap up again at the end of the season. But either way, I'm definitely going to watch it and I'm excited to see it, even if this, even if we don't need to have another conversation about how brilliant it all is weekly. Well, something positive. Uh, you know, there's there's not enough positivity in the world. So that is the rehearsal, a 3.5 out of four star show chosen by the big lead editors. Uh, that's Stephen Douglas. I'm Kyle Coster. May all your real world interactions be reflective of intense planning and training. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.